I'm your boy Jack, and I have my co-host Dinger with me. Let me get a shout out for the boys. Mm-hmm. What's cooking, boys? Yes, sir. Dinger, welcome, welcome. Glad to have you on again. And of course, we can't forget our stunning executive producer, RC3, in the house. Say what's up. What's good, everybody? How's it going? Cardi, I'm doing just fine today. You know why? Why is that, Jack? Tell me about it. I had my day start off on a very very good note and you know you know i'm a coffee guy dinger you you gotta you you gotta remember that i have very deep family ties and strong roots seated in the duncan brands we can't be throwing around fuck duncans this early on the podcast but it's been a long time coming and a fuck duncan might be in order okay guys love to hear it so as you all know i just said long-standing duncan donuts customer been going on the better half of, I would say, 75% of my days for the last, like, 10 years. You know, saying that out loud, I'm really not proud to admit that. But you know what? When you're addicted to something like coffee, you have to have it every day. And you know what? When you've been drinking it since you were about 10 years old, it, 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 it tends to happen. So uh, I've been putting up with just obscene customer service at the Dunkin' Donuts that I've been going to over the years. To the point where it's like an unhealthy relationship, guys. Like, I just keep crawling back for more. You know, it's like Syl from uh, Sopranos. It's like, just when I thought I was out, they pull me back in. And I just can't shake it. But you know what? Cardi, thanks to you, we finally shaken shaken the shackles that have been around my ankles from the Dunkin' Donuts for the last decade and a half. You know, I, I, I love to hear that, Jack. And honestly, like I told, like I told you before, I want at least I, I just want some credit when they write the autobiography of Mister Jonathan Gotti Scala. I, I want, I want credit. I want credit where it's well, due. Listen, uh, there's a lot of people that I need to give credit to. Um, you, you may or may not find yourself on that list. However, you will get the credit when it comes to shaking me. Out of the Dunkin' Donuts corner and into Starbucks because, you know what, in today's day and age, we just can't afford to start our day off so poorly, so just ridiculously by going back and back and back to Dunkin' Donuts or whatever, whatever you, you, you frequent when they just treat you like shit. You know, I go in there and it's like... I'm uh, I'm such a strain to their day to be ordering my coffee from them, and I'm and I'm over here, and I keep going back every other day. What like I just don't understand why I didn't have this thought to myself sooner. You know, go somewhere else. But you know, I do have my gripes with Starbucks still. I I still do, and I'll have to work those out. Maybe I'll have to figure out something on my own to where I can handle. Um, you know, some of these shortcomings that, that they offer. But I, I think when it comes to customer service, they just blow everyone out of the way, out of the water, and it just makes me want to go back. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. But all, all I can say is Dunkin' Donuts, you lost a customer in me in Starbucks. You're on my radar. You're on my radar, boys. But customer service is what will get you coming back, boys. And Starbucks, they have it. They have it. All right. So I got so, a question for you. Would you, where would you compare their customer service to? Like, if you had to throw throw a name out there that you know, people, the people that, of the world can compare them. That's to. That's easy. That, that that's easy. They're the star. They're the Chick Fil A of the coffee world. Thank you. That's exactly easy. what I was expecting you to say. Easy. I walk into the cafe. They got some Katy Perry music bumping. It's like they're talking about fire. Like maybe she's a firework. Yada yada yada. You know. I'm like, oh wow. Like. I don't even mind this line. Like, I'm bumping a little bit. Okay. And, uh, like, the, the line moved rather quickly. It's almost as if they had a system in place to get customers through the door. I get to the counter, and they're like, hey, how you doing today, man? Ask me for my name. Ask me for my uh, my order, this, that, and the other. Off I went, took write my name on the cup, and, I, and next thing you know, they're calling my name. 
just by the time the the chorus ended in, in, in Baby She's a Firework. And next thing you know, I have my coffee. I'm out the door. I didn't get any bullshit. Didn't get any lip from some twerp kid that's working behind the register at the Dunkin' Donuts or whatever the case may be. I had, And then I went to my car and I drank this coffee and it actually was better. It actually was better tasting coffee. So Dunkin' Donuts, if you're listening out there, get your damn shit together. God damn. Would you say that it was a better all-around morning experience for you? Yes. My day started out amazing. My day started out amazing. I went out, went to work, had a great day, came home. No, no problems. No problems at all. And I, it all starts, it's all about how you start your day when, it, when we're at this point in our lives. You know, COVID is, we're on the, the tail end of COVID, I think. Um, we're, people are getting back to work. We're about, finally, you know, shaking off the masks and everything. We need to have good days. And we need to string good days together. And it's all about how you start. So, Shout out to Starbucks. You guys are fucking awesome. You guys are on my list now. Dunkin' Donuts, you guys can go fuck yourselves. That's all I have to say. I I, I think we can all say fuck Dunkin'. And I think this podcast has gone a little bit too long without our usual fuck Cardi moment of the day. So let's move over to the next comment segment. And yeah. fuck Cardi and fuck the lightning. Yo, I just want to say fuck you, Dinger, not fuck the lightning. Yeah, you know, honestly. I'm not going to attest to be some sort of big Panthers fan. You know, I'm definitely a Panthers supporter. But, Cardi, I haven't fuck heard Cardi. one peep about the Lightning all year. And all of a sudden, it's, yeah, fuck all of you guys. Jack, you're at the game. Yeah, fuck you. Yeah, because you don't have to brag when you're already Stanley Cup champs. It's just, you know, winning with some class, Stinger. That's what it's called, brother. <laughs> Oh, wow. We're talking about winning with class? Cardi, Absolutely. The, the word me. Cardi and class in the same sentence should only be prefaced with not. No, I'm very classy. Thank you very much. You are classy, but when, you, uh, when it comes to sports and your team winning or losing, it, uh, you know, I don't know if that, uh, that word is in your vernacular. But it's okay because last night was a great first game of the playoffs. Even though our cats, Dinger – did not come out on the winning end. It was just absolute electricity from puck drop to the final buzzer going off. Did you guys see how many fights there were last night? It looked incredible. Dude. It did. I actually saw I, – I, whenever I first tuned in, it, it was – I think it was tied 1-1 or something like that. And all of a sudden, it was like eight straight minutes of just four on four. And the, the Panthers are absolutely getting pucks on net in those four-on-fours. And, you know, I, I was like, well, why don't we just try to get in a fight every couple of minutes so we can just continue to have these four-on-fours? You know, it, it seemed like every time I looked up, the Lightning were in a power play and scoring a goal on the power play. But, you know, I, I, I'm not uh, well-versed enough in hockey to be able to determine if it was rigged or not like I am in, like, the NFL and the NBA and UFC and, and various other sports. But... You know, it seemed like we had our guys in the box for for quite a while. Yeah, we were. It was a very chippy night, that's for sure. Um, a lot of fights going on. A lot of you know borderline um, aggressive play from both teams. Some hits that were very, um, I would say, unsafe for sure. Uh, I don't want to say that they were dirty plays because this is hockey. It's a contact sport, and uh, we love it when these guys get slammed into the boards. But when you're getting cross-checked from straight directly behind you, face first into the glass, and like, oh, it's just not a fun sight to see. But the, the, the boys were going off last night. A lot of time was spent in the penalty box thing, like you said. But the refs, single-handedly, I hate being this guy that puts out, uh, comes up with excuses, blah, blah, blah. But, you know, we have to do it. The refs were absolute bitches last night. They- well, I, I, Jack, I think if we're going to talk about cheating, we should go back to this whole salary cap situation. I mean, yeah, that the Lightning are in. They had their top two players sit the entire season, reloaded with extra talent, and then as soon as playoff goes, their best two players are back on the ice, and they're now seventeen million dollars over the cap. Sounds like good management. I'm not a hockey, I'm not a hockey cap expert by any means, but I know the cap is much smaller than it is in other sports, and seventeen million over the cap just to get in the playoffs seems a little fucked. 
if you ask me. And the 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 Lightning have an absolutely loaded stacked roster. You know, I'm I'm hoping the Panthers can pull this game out the next the next go around. That way, you know, it'll be a knife tough series, and we just need to steal one in Tampa. But you know, it, it it's going to be a hot a hotly contested chippy series for both teams, and you know, I'm excited to see how it all plays out. Definitely. Definitely, Dinger. Uh, you make a great point there with the cap rules. I really don't understand how they work myself, uh, but it really seems like the Lightning found a loophole in the system, and it worked out great for them. Fuck the Lightning and fuck Cardi for doing that, but, you know, all the power to him. If it works with the rules, it works for me. That's the, that's for sure. Cardi, I know you got to have to have a comment on this. Yeah, well, you know, first of all, I just want to say, you know, I mean, you could talk all you want about, oh, like, our guys were in the penalty box. I'm, You know, you sit there and said – Oh, you know, the refs were absolutely atrocious. Listen, I I know you were at the game, so you didn't get to hear, like, the announcers. And we're all Florida boys. Like, none of us are big-time hockey guys out here, all right? Like, we're in a state where it is hot all the time. Like, ice doesn't grow here, okay? We don't have that nonsense going on. I don't think ice grows, Cardi. Ice grows, buddy. Okay, you ever put ice in – you ever put water in a glass and freeze it? The glass cracks because the ice grows, dinger. I think it it accumulates. I think it accumulates, Cardi. So, anyway, anyway, anyway. Um, so yeah, I mean, none of us are big time hockey guys, obviously, but all the announcers were sitting there going, going off about how good the refs were for letting the guys play out there. Cause they were going about off about how, Oh, every other minute there could have been another person thrown in the penalty box. They're like, that could have been a penalty. That could have been a penalty. And they're letting the guys out there play. Yeah. Did it get a little chippy? Absolutely. But to be honest with you, I think the refs letting the guys play like that and letting them get a little chippy is actually going to benefit the Panthers in this series because the Lightning, as far as the technically sound team, the Lightning are going to be the better team. Yeah, I, I, mean, I don't know what third world stream site you were using to watch this game, but I certainly did not hear that. Oh, that's that's what it was. That's what it was being broadcast. That's what it was being broadcast all over on my stream. Hey, I don't care about what was broadcasted on your stream, your TV, on your jukebox, or wherever the hell you were watching this thing. I was there in the stands live watching this thing with my own eyes, and I was not talking about the refs uh, not calling penalties or whatever. I'm talking about them missing or calling something like the beginning of the game. The goal, Zero, the goal that was that, that goal was that was that... taken away on our power play was absolutely atrocious. There was no goalie interference. The guy was not inside that blue paint. And is there a review rule in hockey? Is hockey the only sport that hasn't uh, adopted the review, the ability to review a, a ref's call? Soccer had, doesn't have it in, in certain instances. I think in a UEFA game, it does. But well, in, soccer you know, is like different because like the time Italian. is always running, you know? So I yeah, feel like that's but, different. But for yeah, hockey, but it like, doesn't stop for like the 18 fake injuries that happen every soccer game. No, I know. Like the clock is continuously running. So if they're doing reviews, that takes minutes off the clock. To yeah, stop but they time. just put it into the extra time at the end. But what I'm getting at Soccer's with hockey, weird. like it's the only it's the only sport. I mean, unless they did review and I just and they, they didn't announce any kind of results of the review. I don't think there is reviewing in the in hockey. I think that's absolutely bullshit. This this ref clearly missed that call. It was a terrible call. They They took back the goal. And then it was a split second later. Somehow, someone on light on the lightning got wide open with a puck, and it was just one on one, like a goddamn Jack. FYI shot. for you. So I just looked What's it up. up. And the NHL had a rule change in 2019, and coaches' challenges have been added for missed stoppages in play, and it specifically states in here. Coaches will be able to challenge goaltender interference and offsides. Wow. So, if that's in, if that's in why didn't the coach then, challenge it? That's bullshit. I mean, listen, maybe Coach Q didn't saw something that maybe it was a very obvious call. No, 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 no. Yes, the, yes, the yes. whole stadium, the whole stadium. Oh, you mean it. the whole stadium no, in no, no, South no, no, Florida, Carty. where the Carty Panthers play wrong. and the Panthers play on a daily basis? Okay, that hey, whole stadium. Don't you damn give me no reason, okay? I don't want to hear <laughs> You know what? I'm sure, I'm sure when the refs make a call against Philadelphia in Philly, I'm sure that whole stadium disagrees with it too, Jack. <laughs> Listen, I don't want to hear another peep out of you. Don't you dare compare 
Florida Panthers fans to the <laughs> Philly scum. All right. All I know is that I want to get one of those rats and throw it at the freaking refs next time I go because I'm going back on Tuesday. I'm going, going back on Tuesday, and I have unloaded a wager onto this game, boys. I have unloaded just because we have to offset the cost of the tickets. You know, I mean, that's just that's just good. That's just literally good economics right there. Straight up, I went to business school for this, guys. <laughs> uh, I, I, I know, I, I know what I'm doing. Come on. Well, I think so, it's time for us tra- to transition from. Oh, one Dinger, do you think it is? Do you? do you? I do. I do. Okay. You know, I, I think I think it's going to be a good, hard-fought series. I think we've we've all spoken our piece. Um, Definitely on, on this uh, matter. I'm glad. Uh, so. Let, let's transition to the NBA playoffs. And boy, am I excited for the Miami Heat's first-round matchup. You know, we're clicking at the right time. Hero is hitting his threes. Jimmy Butler is playing like a dark horse MVP candidate. Dan- Bam is playing like the defensive player of the year. He led the NBA in switches. It makes the entire Heat roster click while they're playing on the court seamlessly. And I, I truly think the Bucks fucked up by trying to win that game to to prove a point. Because now instead of playing the fucking Knicks, who haven't been in the playoffs since my balls hadn't dropped, they're playing the <laughs> Miami Heat, which is a veteran, gritty playoff team that fucking smoked them last year in the playoffs. So they're in for a rude awakening whenever we go into town to play them. Yeah, I definitely agree with that take, Dinger. I, I got the Heat winning this one in six. I think we'll, uh, we'll handle them really pretty easily, just as we have in uh, recent history. Giannis, great player, of course. I mean, there's there's really not much to be said about him. It's already been said. The guy's a legend in the making. Um, but I just don't think he has the supporting cast around him, you know. Um, they got some good guys. Middleton's good. Um, but overall, they, they just can't stick it out for a seven-game series with a gritty, fast, in-shape, hustle team like the Miami Heat. And that's really uh, what separates us from the rest is that we play hard, we play fast, and we play together as a team. You know, there's no one on our team that's really looking out for themselves and trying to pad their stats and make themselves, uh, you know, uh, an overnight or like the the biggest thing in the media besides, you know, kind of maybe Tyler Hero on the side, but he's not a distraction to this team when it comes to on-the-court basketball. So I think that our roster and the team that we have in place, led by Jimmy Buckets, is the team that can definitely do some business in the in the playoffs here. So I got a question I, I, for you because this is the first time I'm really looking at it right now. Um, have you looked at how this play-in tournament seeding actually works? Yes. Yes. It's, so the the seven plays the eight, and the winner of that gets the seven seed. Correct. So if you're seven or eight, you have two opportunities to win a game. Yeah, dude, this so, is wild on here. Like I'm looking so, at the, yeah. the actual chart of it, and man, this thing. Oof. Yeah. So uh, the Hornets play the Pacers. It the winner, the loser of that's out, and the winner of that plays the loser of the Wizards Celtics. Yeah. So, so if, if, if you're the, the seven seed and you lose, you get another shot. Whereas, you know, I I almost kind of prefer. Uh, I don't know about that. I, we'll see. We'll see how it goes. I don't think any of these teams are intentionally going to lose a game if they're in the one seed to be like, oh, we don't want to play the Jazz. We want to play the the Suns. We're going to lose this first game to the Warriors. And I mean, I'm, I guess maybe like LeBron would be a bitch and do something like that. But I, I, realistically, I don't think that's happening. Yeah, I, I, it's, a, it's a win and get into the playoffs and secure yourself a spot scenario for any team in the plan here. I don't think they're going to – you know, oh, I like our matchup against this team better than the the team that we're going to get if we win this game. Let's just lose on purpose. No, because any team can lose on any given night when it comes to a head-to-head. Um, so I, I definitely think we're going to see um, we're going to see some tough games. And you know what? Uh, I kind of want to take the over in this um, Boston Wizards game. I think we'll see like a 125-120 showdown with, you know, Russ and Tatum battling it out. What do you guys think? I think that Russ scores like 40 point, a 40 point triple double. And then they fall short because he has like, he actually has a quadruple double because he has his usual 10 turnovers that he has every game that he's scoring that ridiculous amount of points. Um, yeah. And, and, and I love Russ. Just so... I think he's great, but he, he's, he's not somebody who can carry a team like, you know, a Giannis, a Jimmy Butler. Um, well, you know, Giannis obviously Butler can't a good... carry a team either. 
Yeah, but yeah. it's different. This is for the 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 seventh seed in the playoffs. This isn't for to go to the NBA Finals or. You, you oh, of course. I, yeah. I, I would take, uh, I mean, to be honest with you, if it's a do or die game, I think I'm going to take Russ before I take Giannis. I think in a do or die situation, I, 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 I think Russ for one game, Russ can be one game, one game. Russ World can be the Universal. most dangerous player on the planet. Yeah, but he can also he can also have like fourteen turnovers and shoot thirty percent from the field. You're absolutely he right. That, and, you know, he, he, it, even you in know, his bad games, the, he stuffs the stat sheet. That I mean, that may be true, but he's not. I don't think he's out there looking to stuff the stat sheet. He's just a pass first guy, and he's always looking to pass the ball. It does look like some of his his teammates on some of these, you know, like uh, like maybe three point shots that hit off the back iron and. It could go either way to like the big man underneath the boards or him getting the rebound. It looks like they back off a little bit and let him get these easy rebounds. So that's one thing. But when it comes to his assist game, his passing game, it's second. And I mean, it's he he does very well um, dishing the ball, uh, facilitating, getting people open, and then also driving to the lane. You know, mm-hmm. he's someone that I would want on my team any day of the week. I don't think he can do it alone. I mean, no point guard, like by definition, can do it alone. The point guard is supposed to facilitate the ball and get everyone in in the game, right? No one can do it by themselves at that position. So I, I definitely think when it, but when it comes down to season on the line, it's one game, win or get in. Honestly, I think I'm going to take the Wizards in this game. I think Russ can definitely will them to a win over a team like the Celtics, who just lost Jalen Brown. Uh, the team they brought in this Evan Fournier guy who doesn't play any defense whatsoever, and you know th- they're not really a cohesive unit as our heat team is that we just discussed earlier. They're kind of a you know everyone's trying to figure them their own their own uh, way out. Let's say you know like yeah, they're all I, trying I to think, figure out who yeah. they are. I like think Tatum, it's, I think it's Mar- easy to say the seventh and eighth seed in the West is much more dangerous to upset the one or two than they are. in the Absolutely. Mm-hmm. You're telling mm-hmm. me that, that the Lakers or golden state is going to get a set is in a play in spot and they can, they, I mean, listen, if you're Utah or Phoenix, at, at what point do you just, you don't even want to see either the Lakers or golden state. I mean, it's, I think it's absolutely insane how that has like the West has turned out like this to where we have these two teams in the jazz and the, and the Suns who have been incredible all year long. Yep. Kind of like how, you know, like the bucks and the Sixers have always been, have been over the last two years in the regular season. But now we have the juggernauts of the Lakers and the, uh, the warriors in you this play. You mean the Golden yeah, State I mean, Yeah. Well, I mean, let's, let's be honest with ourselves. Yeah, I guess so. He's having an un, unreal season. Um, he put a team on his back. He they're just chomping, they're just chomping at the bit, right? Chomping at the bit, waiting to get in and, and play one of those teams and just go at them, you know? So I'm I'm really excited for the West here. Uh, and this game Wednesday night between the uh, the Lakers and the Warriors at 10 o'clock, I am excited for that one. So, Not so much it, for the Grizzlies and, and the Spurs, to be honest, with the 9 and 10 seed playing. Not, don't really care too much for that one, but – that game, Lakers and Warriors, that's must-watch TV. I'm, I'm only excited. I'm excited for the Hornets-Pacers game, and not because of the basketball, but because I want to hear, home diddly D <laughs> Miles Bridges with the throwdown. Be, honestly, the Hornets announcer is in the top five announcers across all sports, regional announcers yeah. across all sports. It, it, am I wrong? No, you're 100% right. You're 100% he, right. He is electric. I, I um, love that guy. And you know it's uh he matches the play that's on the court too. That team is very electric. They're very fast. They're a fun team. Exactly. Lamelo is uh, very young, athletic. He fucking passes the ball uh, better than his brother. <laughs> you know, it, it looks like he's everything that we thought we were getting from Lonzo Ball is what we're getting from Lamelo. The kid is great. And my and what is it? Uh, Miles Bridges. Whatever, whatever his name Miles is. Miles Bridges. He's a great dunker. He's a great, great oh, yeah. role player. He's like a, yeah. a guy who would fit as like the number four scoring option on any team in the NBA, in my opinion. At so least. real quick here, because yeah. with, with the Lakers and Golden State playing each other, right? So they're in a play-in here, right? Let's say Golden State wins this game, 
Okay. I think they do, to be honest. Okay, let's say Golden State wins this game. They they move down to that seven seed. They're playing they're playing Phoenix, right? Okay. Lakers then go on to play the winner of Memphis and uh the Spurs. Lakers win that game if they let's say they do. They go on to play as the eight seed against Utah. Is the West setting this up to where we might have the first ever rematch of playoff matchup essentially because i mean i know the play-in tournament i guess it's not considered playoffs but i mean it's playoffs you know because it's it's a play-in i mean th- this is playoffs right now for them you know lo- win or go home and so what are the chances that we could see the lakers and golden state play here for this play-in and then these two as jack put it earlier these two teams that we've come to know as juggernaut teams make it down to the western conference finals and are facing off against each other again later on in the season I think that's nil. I don't think the Warriors have the firepower because let's just say they get the seventh seed. They're not beating. They're not beating the Suns seven games. CP3 has that team clicking on all cylinders. He's a leader everywhere he goes. They get better. Devin Booker is a young sniper who's been shooting mid-range shots, which are thought to be inefficient in the NBA. He's shooting them at like 98 percentile. Um, and then they have Aiton cleaning up the glass and doing it inside. So I, I don't really see the Suns as. You know, the Warriors is a threat to the Suns, but, you know, Curry's going to have a game or two where he goes nuclear, but he can't go for 45-plus every single night because that's what they need to win, which is why I think the Warriors can beat the Lakers in a game because Curry just has a nuclear game, and you can't win, but he can't do that seven times in a row. Yeah, I, I, I definitely don't know if this Warriors team, as it stands, is built to do that, to make a run through the playoffs. You know, if they had... Clay, I would be, you know, it would be a different story. Um, but I, I definitely don't have my heart set on the Jazz, to be honest with you guys. Like, like Rudy Gobert, like, he's not that great. And I don't know if it, a team built around him and uh, who else? What is this? The bonus? Donovan Mitchell. But Donovan Mitchell hasn't played well, since like 420, yeah, he, dude. He he's been out, and I'm sorry, I was definitely mistaken with that as a bonus there. Wrong team there. Um, but Clarkson, their point guard, he he's not that great. Uh, he's like, a great you know. six man. Easy. I, I I think we're sleeping on Utah, but to be honest, if Utah ends up playing the Lakers because the Lakers end up getting the eight seed, they were like, oh wow, this was the first ever eight seed to beat the one seed. It, it I mean, it, I think that's just fool's gold right there. Because mm-hmm. we all, the Lakers are a good team. They're going to make a run. I, do I think they win the championship? No. I think we see somebody out of the East win it this year. Um, but, yeah, it, I agree. The, the, the Jazz are good. We're not giving them enough, enough credit. They won no, a the, lot of games without without um, Donovan Mitchell. But mm-hmm. it just I, I just don't think like they can do it. To beat LeBron in an AD. I, I feel yeah. Like they they're not they're not and I I mean I love Donovan Mitchell but he he's been hurt uh, with an ankle injury over the last like what week or two weeks it seems like going into the playoffs rusty just like LeBron is you know like but I have more faith in LeBron going into the playoffs with uh, a rusty ankle or groin whatever he's been nursing same thing with AD nursing the back injury ankle I think as well nursing a, a damaged ego as well. Uh, yeah, that, that's definitely uh, his major injury is a is a is a ruptured pussy. But um, the uh, I definitely take him over a battered and bruised Donovan Mitchell paired up with Rudy Gobert. Oh, you know, going into the playoffs. So, so I'm not sold on the Jazz. Going let me get playoffs. a way too early finals prediction, guys. Well, wait, wait, wait. Before we do that, before we do that, I want to ask the two of you. Okay, so are mm-hmm. you both in agreement right now? that you would say the Lakers are your most dangerous of the play-in tournament teams? I mean, easily. They have LeBron and and AD. I mean, they just won the the NBA championship. Yeah. It's not the the NFL. Parity is a thing in the NBA. Okay. Mm. I just just wanted to make sure that that you guys were in agreement because that's what it sounded like. It sounded like you guys were both kind of hyping up this Lakers team a little bit here. Well, we're we're in agreement there, but – my take on the play-in tournament, my team that needs to be on the lookout that's going to get shafted by the play-in tournament is the Boston Celtics boys. I, they're the seventh seed in normal any normal year. They would be in the playoffs. They'd be getting ready to play the Brooklyn Nets. And I would be honest. And they'd get smoked, but that would be a fun series to watch, you know. Um, 
just because the you know the Celtics are a long-standing historic franchise. Anytime that they're in the playoffs, their fans show out, and it's always good basketball to watch, no matter what, in my opinion. Going up against this juggernaut of a team in the, in the Nets, uh, I think that would have been a great series. But now this play-in tournament, they're going up against teams with the, like the Pacers and Charlotte that um, you know could possibly knock them out. They have some firepower going in. They could be the team that would potentially lose their playoff position because of this playing tournament. Do you guys have any teams like that? Uh, I I think I think you're spot on. To be honest, Jack, I, if if I were to say a team that's getting shafted, like a seven or an eight seed, especially a seven seed, that's probably not gonna not gonna go in. I think that the Celtics are probably that as well. But yeah, I, I'm really Jack, hoping I really want to hear uh... your way too early finals prediction. Yeah, I, I'm. I got you on that. I'm really hoping that we see some like March Madness vibes out of this playing yeah. tournament. You know, like you know, like a uh, John Morant. What we saw out of him in March Madness come to pl- come alive in the in the playing tournament. I think that'd be pretty sick. But you know, my uh for my finals matchup. You know, I'll give you my matchup. Maybe my winner. Way too early. I, I'm, I'm taking the the Heat out of the East. I, I love my Heat. I got the utmost confidence in ourselves. I, I think we're the we're we're a bunch of dogs, and um. You know, if it's not us, it's going to be the Nets coming out of the East. That's for damn sure. Uh, I think the Nets is just the easy pick, though. So I'm I'm taking the Heat coming out of the out of the East and out of the West. I'm going with the Denver Nuggets. Honestly, that's my uh, that's my take. It's it's uh, I'm not going to give you guys anything that you guys can predict. You know, it, it's way too easy to say the Jazz or uh, Jazz and the uh, and the Nets, but we're not going with that. What do you think? I'm going to go Heat and Suns. And everybody's like, oh, of course, Dinger, you're picking the Heat. You're a big Heat fan. But, I mean, just look at what they did last year. They they beat the Bucs. So we beat the Bucs. Then we go and we play presumably the Brooklyn Nets. You know, Brooklyn is the two seed. Um, we play Brooklyn, and they get in for a rude awakening. They're a complete offensive team. They don't really play defense. You know, James Harden, Kyrie, they're small. They don't really like to play defense. I know James Harden could turn it up a little bit. KD is a great defender two-way. But they're, the team is banged up. They're coming in against a young, hungry, gritty, healthy Miami Heat team. And you have a rookie coach in Steve Nash. And, and I think the world of Steve Nash is a player. And I think he's done a pretty good job with this team thus far. But he has not gone into a playoff game against a fucking dog like Eric Spolster. And I think that is the most underrated thing about the Heat roster is we have Eric Spolster leading this team, a top five coach of all time. And, you know, I know we've been hearing that on ESPN with Perk saying we got them goons in Miami-Dade County. But it's true. You know, we're a hard, gritty team built for playoff basketball. We're like the bad boy Pistons. So I'm going with the Heat. And then the Suns. And the Suns are actually, you know, as much as I hate to say it, I think the Suns win the NBA championship year. I think it's a CP3's year. I think they got a young dog in Devin Booker. And I think they're being sort of forgotten. They played pretty solid defense. They have great efficiency from mid-range and even three-point land. And Jay Crowder has really helped that team. And yeah. like, like, like you said... You know, the Lakers just you don't get the feeling that the Lakers are going to overcome all the tough teams that they have to play to get to the finals. They sort of had an easy break last year. I'm not going to call the heat an easy break, but, you know, Bam went out game one or two, you know? Yeah. Honestly, if the Lakers somehow find a way to make it to the finals, like that, this would be probably like just a huge, huge, like addition to LeBron's legacy. Well, and so <laughs> like, that, that's where that's where I'm going to start off here. I mean. You guys, you guys went ahead and you both picked the Heat. You know, I, I love the Heat, and I, I really do hope that they do make it. I, I, if I'm being realistic here, I, I don't think they're going to. I think Brooklyn's got too much firepower for anybody to overcome in the East. And then, you know, in the West, the last time I looked, you know, LeBron, what does he do? He makes the finals year after year. And if you're telling me that LeBron's path to the finals could be that, you know, let's say Dinger's right and, and Golden State beats them on Wednesday in that one game playing and then LeBron has to beat either Memphis or San Antonio and then he has to beat well and then he has to beat Utah okay I think he can I think LeBron and AD can beat Utah and then okay LeBron and, and AD you know their next matchup might be up against uh Denver. yeah like a, a Denver or something like that I think LeBron and AD can continue to work their way through this Western Conference. I think that that's what LeBron does. He makes the final year after year. What was it, like a, a decade streak that he had of making the finals? I mean, 
you know, yeah. like like that's just Remember that's what LeBron does. No matter no matter. Now, granted, this will be his worst seeding ever going into the playoffs. I believe, or like at least since he since like 2006 or seven when he was a young kid. But like, you know, I think that truly the Lakers. You can't sleep on them at any point in time. Uh, you know, Phoenix, Utah. Denver, actually, Jack. I was going to say Denver is my my next best team in the West. I realistically think um, Joker's the MVP. I I I, I love MVP. I love Denver, and I I mean I don't love Denver obviously, but you know as far as like a good team, I think I, I think that Denver. they are a solid team all the way through. I think that they are built well, and you know like I said, like you said, I would love to see the nothing more than the Heat come out and play like dogs and just give it their all. But I think the problem is going to be I, I the Heat can beat Milwaukee. I think the Heat can beat Philly. I think the Heat can beat everybody else on the East. When they run into Brooklyn, that's going to be trouble. Yeah, I mean, because they're an all-star team. Exactly. But the question is what Brooklyn Nets team is going to show up to play. Is James Harden going to re-aggravate his injuries? Who knows? Maybe Kevin Durant as well. Is Kyrie Irving going to have some – cause that he wants to stand up for or or something you know he just doesn't want to play one night who knows you never know you never know so i definitely think that the nba uh the the east is a lot more competitive than i think the west is i think there's uh you know definitely a a situation where we can be seeing the lakers again or the or the the warriors even Uh, or maybe we'll get a new team like the uh the suns or the jazz coming out of the west but uh, I definitely think we might see uh, some uh, some new faces coming out of the East. But uh, let's move on from some NBA. Uh, you know, we're all football guys here. Hashtag yeah, football, football guys. guys. Um, the NFL draft was a couple weeks ago. Dinger, you're a Vikings guy. You were big on Christian Darisaw on our last podcast. You guys got your man. And I'm thrilled what we were able to do. I honestly didn't think I thought trading back was an all right move at the time. I was like, we can get Christian Darisaw, but you know, Rick Spielman pulled another rabbit out of his hat, got an extra pick. We got another O lineman in the third round. Wyatt Wyatt Davis. Davis or Davis, I believe, the guard out of Ohio State. I really like that pick as well. Kellen Mond, you know, whatever. We ended up getting the quarterback transition to linebacker. Um from North Carolina, um, Chaz Surratt or something along those lines. So I was pretty happy with the draft. I think we did what we needed to do. I think some of the picks are going to turn out to be pretty good. We had a ton of them. So, you know, hopefully one of the 13 picks that we had ends up being, uh, you know, at least a starter caliber player. But it's nothing like to get overly excited about it. We didn't draft another receiver or, you know, a starting quarterback. We went with good, solid O-linemen, trench guys, a linebacker, you know, got some extra DBs and a safety uh, or two in the later rounds and a return guy who may see some time at slot in, like, the fourth round. So nothing too crazy. I think we did what we needed to do. I think our O-line's going to be much improved from close to last in the league to, you know, hopefully top 15, if I'm being realistic. But yeah, I think the outlook's good. Aaron Rodgers might be on his way out of the division. The the Bears are transitioning from, you know, Nick Foles to Justin Fields to Andy Dalton, the Red Rocket, um, Cardi's boy and cousin. Um, and yeah, I'm just, I, I'm excited about the season. You know, I, I know Cardi probably has quite a bit to say about the Dolphins who were taking more of the glamour positions in the draft. Yeah, I mean, yeah. you know, I, I said on our last podcast, by the way, I, I want to bring up at some point in this podcast tonight, um, last, last time bring it up now. Well, last time when we all talked, we all gave our quarterback talk about who is our our quarterback outside of Trevor Lawrence from this class that we think will be able to be the next great one. I, I remember specifically your boy right here, I, I said a little guy by the name of Trey Lance. And Dinger was so sure that his boy Mac Jones was going to San Francisco that he was ready to stamp <sighs> Mac Jones as the future yeah. greatest quarterback of all time. And uh, <laughs> I said he was going to have the best rookie year, bitch. <laughs> but anyways, Trey Lance isn't even going to play. He, he it's going to. I did say that. I did say. I said that I didn't think. I didn't think Trey Lance should play for at least one year. Okay, but do you? Do either one of you? No, now seeing where your guys went to, does anybody want to change their answer on this? 
Jack, you said Justin Fields. He's now on a Bears team that has proven that, you know, that offensively, they're not the greatest team. I mean, year after year. So I'm going to give yeah. both you guys the opportunity to change your answer right now. Trevor Lawrence, um, I think under the leadership and tutelage of Tim Tebow, that he's going to turn out to be an exemplary. <laughs> First of all, the question was without not, Trevor Lawrence being involved. Only, who not only loves football, who who not only loves football, loves Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. <laughs> Jack, how about you? Um, well, I want to invoke the Fifth Amendment rights on uh, <laughs> talking about <laughs> Justin Fields because going to the Bears is not ideal for him having a pleasant career in this national football league. <laughs> I do not like that for him, but he's a fucking stud. I will not go. I will definitely die on that hill is that he's a gritty fucking leader who can play, who's athletic and can get out of the pocket and can make things happen. That is he what was also the most is. intelligent player drafted this year, by the way. So I, 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 you know, I, I think, you know who Who's else is a stud? Credit for you know me. who else is a stud? A stud. You know who else is a stud? Don't even say. Like, you know who Trey else is a stud? Trey fucking Lance. Listen, listen. This guy Trey Lance, he ain't shit. He came to the draft with sunglasses on, looking like a buffoon, talking about how his mask is fogging up his glasses. Yeah, I hope it does. You should be vaccinated by now, Trey Lance. <laughs> you don't need to wear that stinking mask. Okay? So, Trey you- Lance, screw him. I don't want even want to talk about him. Okay, so now on to my Dolphins, since that's where Dinger was going with this. Now, you know, know, I just want to say, I just want to say, we are giving Zach Wilson so much hate, and and I agree. I don't don't think he's going to be able to do that much with the Jets. But just the way we're talking and completely ignoring the number two pick, I feel like Zach Wilson's going to have a couple, you know, Mark Sanchez years where the the Jets somehow sneak into the playoffs and make a little bit of a run. And, um, then Maybe. he just falls off the face of the earth by like having some like butt fumble Mormon moment or something like that. Listen, Jet's gonna jet. Um, but on to my Dolphins. So I I said on the last podcast I was like my my one thing that I hope Miami the Dolphins, Dolphins. I was like the one Miami thing I hope Dolphins. my Miami Dolphins do Miami not do Dolphins. is they are not they are not sitting there at number six after Jamar Chase and Kyle Pitts are off the board, and they're looking at Panay Sewell and Jalen Waddle, and they go with Waddle. And what did the Dolphins do? They went with Waddle. Now, granted, I think that Waddle is a phenomenal athlete. He's a playmaker. I, I said it last year during the draft. I said that he is the next version of Tyreek Hill, the one that Henry Ruggs, that the Raiders thought they were getting with Henry Ruggs. But you still... And the and, Bengals thought they were getting with John Ross. But you still do not... And the Eagles you thought they were going to do You do not pass up on what Panay Sewell can be in this league. And that's why, realistically, I, I, I love what the Vikings did in their draft. I love what the Dolphins did in their draft because I think that we went out after that um, pick of Waddle, which, I you know, I give the Waddle pick like a B minus C plus somewhere in that ballpark. But I, I love the Jalen Phillips pick. I mean, if he stays healthy. The, the kid can be an absolute stud. That's a big question for him, though. If he didn't have the health questions, Cardi, I agree. He was a top absolutely, 10 pick. Absolutely, absolutely. And, and, and he's, the, he's the best the defensive player at the most important defensive position in the draft. Okay? So, you know, I love that pick for it. And then, you know, what we did in the second round, Javon Holland, I, I like that pick, too. You know, Jack had to talk me into it, but I like the pick. I, think, I didn't realize that we were going to be cutting Bobby McCain right after that, so I kind of thought it was like a – you know, a little bit of uh, a pick that we didn't need to make. But, you know, with cutting Bobby McCain, it makes a lot more sense. And then also we go and we get uh, Liam Eichenberg, who, you know, again, my preferred method would have been take Panay Sewell at six. And then instead of taking Eichenberg, if we take uh, the wide receiver out of um, Ole Miss, who where did where did he end up going, by the way? I forget. Um, Elijah Moore. Uh, but anyways, that would have been my preferred method of doing it. But he went to the Jets. He went to the Jets. Yeah, yeah. That, that's that's what I would have loved to have seen. But you know what? I'm I'm very happy with where our draft went to. Um, I I will say this: I love what the Vikings did. I love what the Dolphins did. Um, there's a lot. Of, I love what the Chargers did. I think the Chargers are going to be a serious team for some time now. Um, but I think probably one of my favorite drafts of this class, and it's not a flashy draft at all. But I just think that it's what they are doing for their team 
is the Detroit Lions. I think that they are building this rebuild of their team, which they go through every five years, it feels like. But I think that they are doing it the correct way this time. They're not going out and drafting a scheme-fit linebacker or something like that. They're going out and they're saying, listen, we're going to go get these boys in the trenches and we're going to build this team from the inside out. And, you know, we're going to take, we're going to take Jared Goff for the next year or two and he's going to suck. And that's fine. But we're going to build the rest of the team to where once we have that opportunity that we just need to go out and get a quarterback, we can finally do that. So I, I think, in my opinion, I think the Lions are one of my, my favorite favorite teams coming out of this draft. And, and Cardi, I, I actually I, I wouldn't say they had like the best draft. And you're right. They, I like what they're doing. But the issue is, is a rebuild like that takes a little bit of time. Yes. And what they're going to end up doing is being the worst team in the league, drafting number one or number three overall, getting a quarterback like, you know, Spencer Ratlett, Cliff, or, or whatever the fuck his name is. Rattler. Or some other guy, maybe the uh, North Carolina guy. Sam Howell. And the, he's going to be rushed in to start. He, they're, they're not going to have the proper pieces yet in place. I he agree. He needs another year, and he's either going to get hurt, or, or he's just going to not look good, and people are going to be like, oh, the line. And fucked up again, man. And and that's gonna be that. So th that's the only thing I'm worried about is a lot of times those type of drafts take time. Um, you know, the Cowboys did that for for a long time, but they were still able to pull out eight and eight year, have a lucky Tony Romo year, and and, and stuff like that. But you know, oh. it, it eventually led to them having the best O line. Zeke and Dak ended up being a, a, a crucial piece, and they were offensive juggernaut for a year. Yeah. You know, yeah, they fell off. They're you know go from 13 and three to eight and eight every year, essentially. But you know, it, it takes time to build that type of team. Yeah, no, I, absolutely. I, I agree with you. I was, I was just saying like, if they, if they do stick to the program that they seem to be going with, I think that this is the proper way to go through a rebuild as what the lions need to do. I mean, you know, Matt Patricia ruined that team and not that I think the lions are going to be good anytime soon, at least not for the next three years, but I think that they have taken a step in the right direction, which is something that they failed to do under the entire Matt Patricia regime. And Cardi, I agree. And, and you know, I, I think we're going to bore the fans talking about the Lions for so long. I agree. Let's give, <laughs> let's give, let's give uh, Jack and his, his team a little bit credit for drafting the best safety in the league. The best safety. We didn't draft the safety, brother. Jamal Adams, brother. Jamal Adams. Oh. That's all your picks with. <laughs> I mean, you know you guys what? had what? Like a second rounder, a, a fourth rounder? No, they had like rounder? a third or fourth rounder, I think, no. was their first no, pick. They, they had a second rounder, right? Yeah, pick number 56. It was the second rounder we went with. Uh, what's his name? Uh, his last name is Eskridge. He goes by D. I think it's like D. Dwayne Estridge. Dwayne Estridge. Yeah. That's who it is. Yeah. yeah. He goes by D. Uh, so I'm not, I'm not excited for that kid. Apparently, he's flashy, real fast, real speedster guy. I'm excited to see what he can do. Uh, I wasn't really too happy about it. Um, I was standing to next honest. to Jack when the pick came in, and when he says he wasn't too happy – He's exaggerating how much Listen, he was unhappy. Did you want an O-lineman? Dude, did I want an O-lineman? I wanted an O-lineman like I wanted a big titty bitch with a huge ass sitting on my face right now. That's how bad I wanted an O-lineman. <laughs> literally, bro, Creed Humphreys from Oklahoma was on the board, and guess who picked him? Literally like two picks later, the fucking Kansas City Chiefs, man. It was ridiculous. Creed Humphreys was a beautiful offensive lineman, big boy out of Oklahoma. Um, playing center, loved loved that that pick for us. I thought it would have been amazing. Um, and you know, I, I also had stated that I liked Quinn Mainers out of Wisconsin Whitewater, uh, but he actually fell a lot further. And you know, it it's um it goes to show that you really need to do your research on a player. Uh, the Broncos were able to snag him late, uh, but if you went into detail on his some of his tape, which I was able to do, I went into some of some YouTube files, was able to find some of his uh, game tape. He didn't look that great, honestly. So maybe he did turn things around in his postseason, uh, offseason conditioning and training and, and really work on his craft to where when he got to the Senior Bowl, he was just throwing people around. I mean, maybe there was some big leap, but also his game film, don't lie, I, I think uh, drafting him at the 56 overall would have been a disaster of a pick for us. It would have been a waste and I'm glad we didn't do it. So, um, you know, 
Seahawks, there's not much to say about our drafts since we only had three people. We had a lot of undrafted free agent signings. I'm really excited about Stone Forsythe that we got in the sixth That's round. That's a big boy. Big boy coming out of University of Florida. I love that. You know, um, you know, playing in the U.S. Uh, the, the U.S. I heard that <laughs> I guy's a brick USA. wall. Uh, yeah, he is <laughs> playing in the in the SEC. You know, with a name like Stone. If you if you have a child and you name him Stone, like there's only a few things that he's allowed to do. As no, Jack, like, dude, Jack, Jack. I. It's actually funny you say that because I've known one other Stone in my life. And really? he was like the the skinniest, biggest bitch um, on the football <laughs> team when I was a kid. Well, the, he ended up name... quitting after freshman year because he got his ass whooped too bad. I mean, well, I got my ass whooped. I was a little kid, but I stuck through it, grew, and then I started handing ass some ass whoopings like I was Costco. There you go. There you go. I, I was the Costco distributor, ass bitch. But, okay. Um, but uh, like I said, like – I, I really like that pick. A lot of uh, analysts, a lot of scouts said that he was like a fourth round talent. Don't know why he fell to the sixth, but hey, we'll we'll take it. Uh, I heard that our boy John Schneider was really trying to trade up, like for the better better part of that sixth round, trying to trade up to get him, uh, and we just couldn't do it. And so he kept falling, kept falling, and finally someone picked up the phone. We got a trade, and we we went up like three spots to get him. And uh, Pete and John are very happy that that we got Stone Foresight there. So listen. Our offensive line has been our Achilles heel. We got Damian Lewis coming into his second year out of LSU. He was a great pick on the line. We got Dwayne Brown, hopefully can stay healthy all year long. And then, you know, we brought in Gabe Jackson. So I really think that this line this year can can actually be an average to above average offensive line. And Russ might not be the most sacked quarterback in the league this year. So I really have a lot of uh, optimism for the season. Best number one uh, first-round draft pick in the whole draft. If you ask me with Jamal Adams, thank you for reminding me, Dinger. Um, I don't think anyone has a, a uh, drafted anyone on his caliber of play this year. In my, you know what's my opinion, funny? So I think I know I, who yeah. the Seahawks' first-round pick next year will be, too. Uh, you know, I, I think Trading we like Jamal Adams – I think we like Jamal Adams so much that we, we're going to draft him again next year. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, Jack, you know, the only thing worse about the Seahawks not having more draft picks is what's, what's us not being able to watch them in person as they get their ass whipped for the first yeah. time by the Vikings in like five years well, live listen. and in person. But luckily for the fans, there will be plenty of Jack and Dinger shenanigans going on as the boys are going to Vegas that weekend. Uh-huh. I was just going to say, are there any games on the schedule you guys are looking forward to? Because we got the schedule released last week. Viking uh, Seahawks. I mean, being in the we, sports book, talking shit to Jack. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cardi, other than your uh, the Viking, I'm sorry, than the, the Raiders game on your schedule, is there any game on your schedule that you got circled in to your calendar? Any game on the Dolphins schedule in particular? Or are we talking about like, Schedule yeah, throughout Dolphins. the Let's league. Let's talk about your Dolphins. Let's talk about your Dolphins. Okay, so the Dolphins, I know we start off uh, with um, New England, and I think after New England we go to Buffalo. I Actually, no, no, because no, Buffalo we play in on Halloween, isn't it? Hold on one second. Yes. I'm, I'm looking up the, uh, the schedule right now. I believe it is Halloween, but... Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm looking forward to that one because I, I do think that the Dolphins and the Bills are going to compete for a long time for this division uh as long as you know mac jones isn't the next coming of christ uh but you know one game that i'm really looking forward to and i think that a lot of people are gonna think i'm crazy for this one is gonna be the uh, indianapolis colts in week four uh because it's at home you know which obviously i think that gives us a nice advantage it's a one o'clock game at home still in the hotter time of the year but I think that'll be a true test for the Dolphins. Like, you know, I I told – I remember telling Vic all last season long that the Raiders' schedule, the way that it was playing out, that they had to beat the Colts, that the Raiders were not a playoff team unless they can beat the Colts. And, you know, I I think that the Colts are going to be a good test to see where the Dolphins are realistically at in this rebuild and, like, if we're actually a real team or, you know, if we're just the best of the mediocre teams. And that's kind of what my fear is, that we're the best of the mediocre teams. So, but I mean, outside of that, you know, the Dolphins don't really have a whole lot of like flash games on the schedule. Obviously, I love the Raiders game because, you know, I like talking shit to my boys. But, you know, the, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, ah, we own Brady once a year anyway, so that's fine. 
Um, and then, you know, Jacksonville, Atlanta, it's Houston, whatever. So I, I like that uh, Indianapolis Colts game. I want the test. Dinger, how about you? Um, You know, I think I'm going to go for a game that a lot of people are going to go for, but Buccaneers at Patriots. Tom Brady reuniting with his high school buddies in New England. I actually think he's going to get a very warm welcome, but Tom Brady versus Bill Belichick for the first time ever. You know, I, I think we always ask, what would ever happen if Tom Brady played against Bill Belichick? Me, me, me. Probably some dumb Cardi guy probably saying something like that, but <laughs> Packers chiefs week nine, if Aaron Rodgers actually plays. And I think the, the bills at, at the chiefs week five, a rematch of the AFC championship game, you know, obviously I'm going to say Vikings versus Packers because those games are always either heartbreak or fuck. Yeah. Fuck the Packers for me. But, um, but yeah, Buccaneers at Patriots. That's the game I'm looking forward to the week right after the week we're going to be in Vegas. And, you know, I think the NFL delivers every year. We have the 17 games for the first time. I've been looking at the board. You know, I think we're going to give you guys some of our best. Are you best seeing it clearly? I am seeing it clearly. I think we're going, to, we're going to be able to give you guys our best bets for that in a later episode. Don't get too hairy now. The line's just dropped. But, yeah, I think there's there's a ton of games of the 272 that are going to be captivating to the audience. Yeah. Listen, I'm looking at the Chiefs schedule. I pulled it up right now just so I can look I at it I just looked at that, by the way, too. I'm the, glad that you dude, were right the there. N the NFL is straight up, like, moving all of their chips in front of Patrick Mahomes and saying, all in, this is our guy. And they're just – and it's clear in who they got him playing against. Week one, going up against Baker Mayfield and the Browns. Like, that's a great matchup. Great matchup. Outstanding game. I think the Browns are going to be great this year. To be I, I, I do too. Outstanding game. Going into week two, Sunday night football against Lamar Jackson and the Baltimore Ravens. Like, ball, back Must back watch game. TV. Must watch TV. Right? That's the game where Lamar has, like, of scores 50 points week one, and we're like, Lamar, Lamar. And then he, like, is only a running back in week two, and we're like, Lamar Jackson needs to be able to throw the ball better to be an efficient quarterback. Yeah, that's basically you know Happened the the mo. That's the, that's the the cycle that we've seen. But then in uh, week three and four, whatever week five, they play the Bills going up against Josh Allen. Sunday night football. You again. didn't just skip like, over their week three, right? Where we're gonna dude, get to it's, see it's their division opponent. They I get that. I get that. But for the listen, this is why the uh, NFL is putting all their chips in on the on this Chiefs team because for the next fifteen years we are going to be graced twice a year with the Justin Herberts versus the Patrick Mahomes. I mean, tell me that is not something that you are excited about for the next 15 yeah. to 20 years. Of course, of course I am. But I'm talking about how the NFL has just straight up put in these huge marquee matchups between MVP caliber quarterbacks um, that wouldn't normally be on the schedule. Obviously, you know, we have the division opponents that they're going to play. Like like when I asked you, who do you look forward to on your schedule this year? And you told me the Patriots and the Bills you were, you were looking forward to. That. I, was, I was very, you know, vanilla. There wasn't any. Yeah, I mean, oh, there's, not, nice. there's not much else going on. But week five, these are, these are teams that the Chiefs normally aren't matched up against. Obviously, uh, you know, the schedule works out the way it does with the standings and the, the – um, conference and division that you're you're paired up with but they got week five they got uh josh allen then they got week eight or week nine against the packers and then they got week 11 against the cowboys who they you know who knows which cowboys team we're gonna see but the cowboys are always a must watch tv that's for sure and then they got the steelers like this team is gonna have just straight up some of the 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 most like the most watched games in all in the whole league Bro, so while we're speaking about this, I'm looking at the at your boys' schedule right now, Jack. Oh my God, it, does the NFL hate Seattle? That's true, they do. I, I mean, they, they don't want us to win at Indianapolis. Then you've got Tennessee Titans come to town. Then at Minnesota. Then at San Francisco. Los Angeles Rams at Pittsburgh Steelers. Oh my God, that's a terrible seven week gauntlet right there. Yeah, I, I think we're home like two out of our first five or six games. It's now, granted, then they ridiculous. they did give you 
you know, two almost bye weeks. They gave you the New Orleans Saints and the Jacksonville Jaguars. So, you know, that that's a nice spot to Whoa, be in. Oh, don't slander the Jags. I'm slandering the Jags. <laughs> and but then you go then you go Green Bay Packers, Arizona Cardinals, where their new linebacker is gonna kill people. <laughs> I don't want to talk about that. That was probably my favorite. Dinger, did did I tell you my favorite part of the entire draft process? Yeah, by the way, Jack said that he was going to be buying a Dolphins Yo. jersey for his boy, Zayvon Collins, and he ends up going <laughs> to the fucking inter intra division. <laughs> I, I I still am not over that, and I and I'll never be over it until he becomes a bust, or he gets traded, or he gets. Accused of sexual harassment or something. Something to keep him <laughs> off the field Bro, in a Cardinals This jersey. man, in his draft day phone call, goes to the coach, I'm ready to kill people. We're going to kill people. <laughs> Jack's I, entire I, face just I, sinks. Honestly, I, I, <laughs> I don't know. Honestly, it's going to be Jimmy G. Because Jimmy G always uh-huh. just gets wrecked. But yeah. I, I pray for Jimmy G's appendages against Zavian Collins or Zavin Collins. Or Zavon, yeah. On it. I think it's Zavon. I don't know. I think it's Zavon as well. But either way, honestly, that was my like pick of the draft. Was someone needs to get this guy, Zavon? Wasn't Collins. he was your really sleeper hoping. pick too? Yes, but obviously he was not sleeping. <laughs> Fucking what's his name? Cliff, Wide Cliff awake, Kinsbury. <laughs> oh, Cliff Kinsbury, whatever the hell is over there in, in Arizona. Fucking found this guy early in the draft. They're like, what? What pick were they? Like eight? Uh, they were like, they're like, like fifteen or something. Yeah, they were fifteen, right, right before the Dolphins. Every every mock draft I saw, every analyst I saw had him late first round, possibly slipping out of the first. And I thought that was a travesty. I thought that there was no way in hell he was second round talent. And it just goes to show. Obviously, I. I can see things that <laughs> Mel Kuyper and Todd McShay and any of these. He was bimbos. moving up the board the day before, like in between your podcasts. They must have caught wind of totally uncalled for. Listen to they must said, have. And then all the NFL teams and other analysts are like, Zayvon Collins is flying up the draft boards because that's sort of like what happened like pretty much immediately after this podcast. I mean, that's the only logical explanation in my personal humble opinion. Yeah, definitely your personal opinion. I don't know about humble opinion, but, but, uh, <laughs> I definitely was was pissed off about that uh, about that pick. The Cardinals got a good one in that man, and I'm I'm afraid of him. I definitely am. <laughs> but uh, I'm really excited to see you know some of the signings, get some contract news, get some contract information for some of these uh, top guys. I know we want to bring one of the homies on to do a breakdown analysis of some of the contracts and uh, you know how they can alleviate some taxes and whatnot and make the most of their money. Um, that's definitely something we want to talk about on this pod. But that's still coming soon i think we've only had a, a few signings that i've heard so far i don't know if any of the top guys have gotten their official ink contract the vikings yet. have signed some of theirs i don't think again the many of the top quarterbacks have signed yet but yeah i think i think we're going to bring on an expert as jack alluded to that everyone's going to be very excited to hear his input on you know the ramifications of how much money you make in one state as opposed to another and how the whole rookie contract system works because it's sure of a hell of a lot different of how it was back in the day of Indomitian Sue and Sam Bradford, um, you know, basically getting record breaking deals. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, you know, I, I think, uh, that about wraps it up for me on the, on this episode. guys. Real quick, before we head out, guys... before we head out, I do want to ask same question that Dinger had. What is your way too early Super Bowl prediction. Jack Dinger. Oh, oh, you don't do this. To me, I'm doing it. To you. Versus, to say Browns, it. Browns versus Buccaneers. Tom Brady gets number seven, retires into the sunset and uh, moves to Miami and becomes some sort of uh, mogul in um, Tom Brady's not welcome Brady in Miami. In He's not welcome in Miami. His wife. Well, yeah, I mean. Tom Brady is welcome wherever he wants. He's the king of of this planet. Wherever he decides and, to grace his presence. Jack, Jack, exactly. what's your what's yours? Honestly, I got my Seahawks, bro. Seahawks okay. are always in the mix. Always in the mix. Seahawks are going to win the NFC. They're going to win the Super Bowl. They're going to beat the Chiefs 35-17. And my boy Russell Wilson is going to be the MVP of the, of the year. Get that shit on record, okay. obviously. And who got the AFC? Chiefs. I just said he, he's beating the Chiefs. Oh, you beat. Oh, I'm sorry, I missed that part. Yes, he's gonna beat the Chiefs, 
My boy, he's going to throw five touchdown passes all on his own. No one else is going to do anything. And he's going to kick the extra points. Russell and he's Wilson kicking the extra in points. The mix. In the mix. A la Ocho Cinco. I've got uh, – so I'm going to be I'm gonna be dead honest with you here. Jack, Jack, you're not going to love this. I, I cannot wait to see what this Rams team does because uh, I've been a longtime believer in Matt Stafford. I still think that the Seahawks will win the NFC West, but the Rams, even if they sneak in as a wild card, I just want to see Matt Stafford know what it's like to be on a good team. Like, I, that's, that's what I'm really excited for. And, I mean, the Rams have been close. So I'm going to go – Rams out of the NFC and out of the AFC, I'm going to go with the absolute wild card here, and I'm going with the Broncos after they acquire Aaron Rodgers. Oh, my God. Oh, yeah. I'm off the charts, baby. I like Uh that. Just because Aaron Rodgers is going to be out in the Vikings, we're going to win the division, be in the playoffs, and that means we get another Vikings-Seahawks matchup next year. Hell yes. Yeah. Hell yes. But dinner. Who's your? Did you pick your Super Bowl? Yeah, I said Browns versus Buccaneers. Brady gets it done again. I mean, it's. I mean, the the NFC is hard to pick. To be honest, for me, the Buccaneers are the most proven. So if I had to put my money on somebody, it'd be the Buccaneers. And I'm sort of tired of the Chiefs, and I don't think repeat Super Bowls happen rarely. So you know, I think the Browns have a phenomenal roster, and really, Baker they do. Mayfield they really do. Be good. Baker Mayfield just needs to be good. He doesn't need to be great. He needs to be borderline top 10, you know, play like a Kirk Cousins. And I, I think he can I think he can lead that team to the Super Bowl. Yeah, honestly, the one, one thing I, I know for sure is that I just cannot wait for the season to start. Can't I need wait. football back. Can't wait. I'm so happy that we added another game. I mean, like. I, 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 Who doesn't want an extra week of football? Just give me more football. Nobody, except for the players. Yeah, but yeah. that doesn't matter. Exactly, exactly. But uh, looking forward to the season starting, fantasy football starting. Uh, you know, we'll have our picks for players that you need to keep a lookout for on your draft boards. We got Obviously, we're going to get into our, our sports gambling picks for the season. We got a lot coming down the pipe, but let's get ready. We got our next week. We're going to come up with our. Uh, we're, we're going to look at the play-in tournament. We're going to look at some of the uh, developments in the uh, NHL playoffs. We got a lot coming at you. That's all for me tonight. Dinger, say yourself out. Mm-hmm, boys. I'm excited about what we have in store for you for the weeks to come. Peace Thank out. You.